host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, I have a really cool guest. What I like to do is have the guests introduce themselves and, and let the audience know who they are and what they do. So go ahead. Take it away, my friend. You got it. So my name is Anthony Sabatino. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of my company, ASPF Solutions. Uh, so basically what we do, uh, we're a business consulting company. Um, so we'll work with businesses, small to medium usually, um, and we'll usually bridge the gaps under two different main areas. Um, I like to work with businesses one-on-one as well as my team. Um, usually around the branding and marketing and leveraging that um, across influence um, is one major area of expertise of ours, um, as well as company structure and delegation strategy. So if you're a small business, you know, delegating everything properly, that's a big area of expertise for uh, us as well. Um, so we work with businesses one-on-one, help them bridge the gaps, grow and scale, basically, in a nutshell. Nice, which I'm going to need sometime shortly, but I'm a, I'm a one uh, a CEO of one right now. So I delegate everything to myself. So as you know, when we start our businesses that we're, you know, we, we delegate, Oh, who do I delegate to? Oh, that's myself. So, but I get it. Right. So, but I know if I, I'm just at that process, right? Like I'm even, to be honest with you, Anthony, there's a part of my story where I, I would have told you, I'm even just surprised that I'm here even on a podcast with you because of my background with addiction and stuff. Right. So I'm grateful that I get to have guests like yourself to share with my audience, you know, because I, I I have so many varying backgrounds and, and people from different cultures that have been on here that have shared their challenges. Like, how did Anthony become a CEO? What, what were some of the challenges that he had overcome? So um, let the audience know, like, what were some of those challenges uh, to starting your own business, becoming a CEO, and just give them a background. Like uh, you can go as deep and as you want or not. And but I'd like the audience to know, like how you overcame some challenges to get to where you're at today. Yeah, definitely. So with any entrepreneurial journey, right? There's there's going to be a litany of different challenges. So it's not necessarily a you know one size fit all fits all. So basically, what happened with me personally, and this is just my, my one man's opinion here. So what happened in the very very beginning. I wanted, I knew there was something entrepreneurial about me, right? I knew there was something that I wanted to do. I had no idea what it was. I knew that I needed to explore um, and at least taste, you know, a little bit of what life had to offer me in this realm, right? Of business and starting my own thing and going as deep as I possibly could. So one of the challenges that I faced, believe it or not, was being able to even tell anybody what I was doing in the very beginning. Um, I'm sure a lot of different um, people who go out on a big venture that is abnormal or against the grain a little bit, right? Because for example, in my background, right, the entire time of my childhood 
teenage years, beginning of college, everything was designed for me in terms of school, get a good job, the classic story, right? right. Where everybody's right. kind of like leading you into this, you know, corporate life and, and getting a good job, being safe, doing all those things, right? And granted, right, it's it's important because a lot of the people, all they really want for you, right, is to be happy, safe, secure. So it's important to acknowledge, right, like where the person who's giving this advice is coming from and then somehow internalizing that the right way, still prioritizing your own ambitions and your own happiness, right? right. So with me, I struggled a lot in the beginning with even just being able to bring it up, right? And being able to talk about it openly. So believe it or not, one of the things that I did was when I first started, I literally didn't tell anybody for around three months. And if you look back, when I look back at it now, kind of like that Monday morning quarterbacking type thing, I look back and I say, you know, wow, like I can't believe I didn't tell anybody for three entire months, right? So if you look at why that was the case though, I was so scared of coming out to the public and being like, hey, I'm not doing something that you've all been wanting me to do right for years and have basically supported me to do. And now all of a sudden I'm coming out of left field. So that was a big problem for me. And one of the best things that I got out of that, of solving that problem and, you know, climbing over that mountain to the other side was I started to realize how much everybody has their own, you know, proclivities of what they want to bring to you, to the people that they support the most and how much that's more about them and not you. So that really gave me a lot of, I think, just individual individuality, right? Like it became, it really allowed me to, to hone more of my self's ambitions and not kind of allow everybody else to steer me. So that first baby step, and I know I'm kind of going in rambling here, but that first step I think was really crucial for me because it set the foundation of something that will continue to pay dividends, you know, in 30, 40, 50 years. No, no, you're absolutely correct. And, and see, like I'm a late bloomer, right? So I'm 53 years old and my entrepreneurial uh, journey started about two years ago. Right. And it's, as you know, it's a bunch of ups and downs, right? Like, and you've heard the saying, right. Imposter syndrome. Like, so I'm surrounded by some people that make like a ton of money. Right. And they're really successful. So those that I'm like you, then it's like, why should I say anything? Cause I don't even belong here. Right. So like uh, this journey that we call entrepreneurship and life kind of parallel itself. Right. Um, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I know I have some family members out there looking at what I'm trying to do. And they're just like, why is he doing that? Like, you know what I mean? Because I have a history of a severe addiction, right? And I've been sober, clean and sober for 18 years. But, you know, some people are, they still, they don't, they can't get past that, if you know what I mean. So that, like you, sets that fear in motion. Well, wow, what are people going to think if I tell them I'm doing this, this, or this, or right, which causes anxiety. And, and if things don't go right, you know, I'm the one that gets really depressed, like poor me, right? So I've had to learn how to overcome a lot of that stuff. So like, tell the audience, you know, like in your life, like some of the struggles that you've had to overcome besides just like, what did that look like not being able to tell anybody for three months? Like, was there anxiety involved? Was there depression? Was there just that like, no one's going to care? You know, that stuff we, that negative self-talk that we tell ourselves sometimes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it depression. What I would definitely say was the, in the three month interim period where I was kind of just all in my own head, it, there was a ton of anxiety, right? There was a ton of worry, just angst of what would somebody think? What, you know, are they going to be mad that I didn't say anything, right? Like, did they, cause then the next question becomes like, well, they actually everybody actually still wants to support you. They just don't know how, and you don't know how to let them. Right. I, mm -hmm. So 
so the entire time, you know, you kind of overthink and, and rationalize in your own head. So yeah, that was a big struggle of mine. So just being able to kind of just cope with the anxiety the entire time. And so the way I'll give you, I'll go a little bit deeper. So what I did was I kind of made a deal with myself because I knew after, you know, a few weeks of not telling anybody what I was doing, I knew there had to be some pivotal moment where I eventually said something, right? Because I can't just keep going and never say anything. So I knew there was some moment in time where I would have to do something. So I made a deal with myself that once I made my first thousand dollars in profit, I would say something about what I'm doing. Right. Um, and so that's what happened. It took a while, right. Cause I was you know, young. I was trying to do my own thing. I was working out the kinks. There was not a whole ton of people around to support me, obviously in the tactical sense, right. Like showing right. me actually how to do things. Um, so it took about three months, but I made my first thousand dollars in profit. I sat everybody down basically, not like, you know, one by one, obviously just as I met them up and I just told them everything. Right. And what I realized from that, right. Was that, that I just said, that they were actually there the entire time to support me and whatever that meant, they just weren't It's very hard for that to happen because they have their own standards. They have their own defaults. So for me, you know, I struggled a lot in those, in that short period of time. And even after that, by the way, right. It's not like it's a perfect science, right. right. It's not like, exactly. once you, so it continues. Right. And so even now, you know, I've noticed there's a lot of times where, you know, I'll have some big milestone hit or something and there's still just that little inkling in the back of my mind, that little self-talk thing saying, you know, can I, do I feel comfortable enough saying this to everybody? You know, like, cause then it, instead of it being a negative basis of why you don't say something, now sometimes it becomes a positive one. So you have this kind of like, you know, back and forth ping pong situation of what you rationalize within yourself. So it's a whole game, right? And I think the whole yeah. journey of it is just a never ending journey of just learning more about yourself and your self-awareness and what triggers you and, and what allows you to go deeper within yourself. Right. Uh, and what I have found, right. So I get exactly what you're saying. Right. And, and sometimes it's my own head or my own boy, that inner voice, right. That I haven't shut up yet. Like tell like, stop, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you could go very well, at least for me, here's my experience. So I could be doing very well, right. Things are going smooth. I'm doing great. I got a lot of people support me. Right. And then there's that one hater that goes, you suck. Right. Or says something that just does not jive. Right. And, yeah. you know, and for me, I can, instead of focusing on the 20 people that were positive, I'll focus on that one. Right. Which can actually hinder my journey. Right. So I've had to learn how to just go, okay, they have the right to their opinion and overcome that. Right. And I'm sure you had some doubters right in the beginning. Right. Cause like you said, right. You had this whole life set up for you, right. From like our parents, right. Like this is what they want you to do. This is where you're going to go. And this is how your life's going to end up. And then when you did something totally different, not saying it was your parents, but like the ones out there that are going, Hey, he's not doing what everybody else is doing. So how did you handle mm -hmm. those challenges? You know, there's, there's no real game plan for it, to be honest with you. Right. You kind of just do with what your heart's telling you to do. Right. And even though there's a lot of influx of your negative self-talk around constantly, at a certain level, you just have to be realistic with yourself, right? And just say, if I do something, I will have to adapt to it. And as long as whatever that is you do is centered from yourself and what you want and, and what drives your happiness and fulfills you, then everything else will fall into place and you'll adapt to it no matter what. That, that's what I would say. Now, in terms of what you said before with like, you know, having doubters, having that one person against the 20 
right? Who are actually, who's negative when everybody else is positive. Obviously everybody's, you know, has the right to their own opinion and, and that's all absolutely true. Nice. You could also look at it through a deeper sense, right? You, this is the way I tend to look at things. Um, so when I have, when I can visibly see, right. And this is just, by the way, this is at a big macro scale too, right? This isn't just one person's point of view. This is like what's going on, like all over the place, right. Where there's the right. si- there's the loud majority of, I'm sorry, the loud minority of people, right. 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 Way louder than everybody else. Meanwhile, the majority of people are actually supportive, happy, and, you know, and, nurture but the minority of the macro society is a lot louder so we get all the hate all the doubt all the fear and it's becoming just injected into us because it's so loud and we can't really escape it the other way you can look at things though through that same lens is you can say okay well all of those people just the same thing like i said when i struggled with trying to be able to open up to people and telling people what i was going through all those other people are struggling in their own ways too so when they're coming to you with doubt fear hate, whatever, they're still coming from their places of fears and securities and struggles. So who are we, right, to judge them when we're all kind of just in this journey of struggling and and evolving, right? So if they're if they're coming out in that way, then more appreciation and empathy, I think, works better, right? Than trying to battle their judgment, because it's a lose lose. I'd much rather just accept them with empathy, knowing everybody's on their own journey, right? And just allowing their point of view to stay as it is, knowing that it's coming from a place of them and not me. Exactly. And I couldn't agree more, right? Because we got to meet people where they're at, is my belief, like, right? Like trying to judge less, right? Because like you just said it, we don't know where people are coming from, like what they went, we don't know if they woke up that morning, a loved one died or, you know what I mean? And it, like you said, a lot of this sometimes this stuff that's going on in the world, as you know, you just said it, right. It's this little bit of minority. That's the loudest right now. And it's trying to create this narrative that they're right. And all of us majority are wrong. Right. And you need to follow what we're saying, whatever that may be. Um, But yeah, like you like, and it took me a long, you know, I've been doing this. I've been sober 18 years. Right. So I've learned how to be more empathetic. Right. Because I remember like, say, for instance, when I first got sober, right. I was all over the place. Right. man. And if I thought you wanted something for me for no reason, like I'm like, Oh dude, no, I got to cut you off. Or, you know, you and I are going to have some words and you know what I mean? And, and and what I've learned, not only in my recovery, but the people I hang around with in, in the, you know, entrepreneur world and, and, you know, that have kind of taken me under their wings. It's, it's just like you said, right. It's like, you don't know where that person's coming from. So treat them always treat. I always try to treat people with kindness and respect, right. That golden rule, right. I'm going to treat you as I would want to be treated. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't know you, I mean, I'm, you just said it though. You've seen it in the world. There's just so much going on right now that it's like, wow. Like how can people just not get along? You know what I mean? Like our country here in the United States seems to be uh, at war with itself. If you know what I mean, I see all this stuff in the news and I'm just like, wow. Um, But I, it's not going to change me. Right. I'm going to stay who I am. I'm going to stay true to myself. And and if anybody ever needs help, you know, I'm going to make sure that my responsibility is to put that hand back out there and do the best I can. Right. Uh, Which sounds like that's what you do. And uh, with your business and helping, you know, small or medium businesses scale and, and become successful. So on that end, like, <clears throat> tell the audience, 
you know, like some of the challenges in business, right. That kind of relate to life, like how you overcome that stuff and how you keep moving forward so that you can be that, like, I want to say that beacon of light for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So actually let's do this. So one of the things that actually uh, pinned something in me that I wanted to bring up or what you just said. So the golden rule, right. And we'll get, I'll answer your question too. So the golden rule is really interesting, right. To me, because it makes so much sense and it makes us feel so secure because we know that if we would be treated poorly, then we would never do that to somebody else. So it makes logical sense. It's interesting though, because if we take the empathy of that lens to the next level, right. Cause I'm a big believer in like, everything's always a little bit deeper than we think. So if we take that, you know, empathy a little bit further, it's difficult with that golden rule because what can happen is sometimes the way that we want to be treated is actually the complete opposite of what that person needs of what that person, right? So I'll give you an example. So I'm a very, and you might be able to tell us just from my energy, but I'm a very like, you know, tell me how it is. Like, I want to know exactly what I'm doing wrong. Tell me it and it's fixed, right? Right. A lot of people though, if you approach them in that sense, it can actually be the complete opposite of what would actually nurture them and support them to get what they need out of that exchange. So a lot of people, whether they've gone through traumas, addictions, you know, fears and, and right. you know, things that have hurt them, that starts at the very beginning of someone telling them, stop, change, fix, right? So right. the second you come out, and if that works for you and you say it to them, well, that's the exact thing that they don't want. So they just dig in deeper. So the golden rule is tough because it's so true in a certain way and also complete falsehood in another way. Because you want to take that empathy to the whole next level and just being able to, it's very hard, by the way, this is not an easy thing. It's taken me a long time. And even just as of recent, I'm really honing this in, but let me like, just for your audience sake, if we look at the golden rule, just, just take it a step further. Like I said, I'm a big believer in that. Like whatever you currently think, imagine it's just a little bit deeper that you don't know, like you can't fathom yet. Right. Right. Same thing with the golden rule. Like if you can imagine that, yes, everybody's on their own journey of involvement and whatever that means for them. And yes, we all have struggles and traumas and things that have affected us from childhood up until the point that they're at now. But imagine that whatever works for you also might not work for them. So before you go and, you know, treat them as you'd like to be treated, take that step further and be like, well, let's try to assess what they've gone through, even though it's very hard to even know that. Right. I couldn't agree more. Right. And I've been a counselor. So there's two things that I do. There's my passion, right. Which is being a substance abuse counselor and you just nailed it. Right. What I've learned over the years, right. In the beginning, of course, I was all gung ho. And if you don't do it my way, you're going to die and you're going to go back out and blah, you know, and they were looking at me like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I I've learned over the years in my studies when I went back to school and, um, uh, studied and got my bachelor's in psychology, right? I, I realized people think differently, like everybody's individual, right? Not like for, I, and I can give my experience, right? Like, so the guys that got in my face early on and yelled and screamed at me and tell me you're going to die. I just looked at them like, you just lost me. Right. But the guys that gave me that combination of like a kick in the butt, but with like a hug saying, Hey bro, we're here for you. Right. Like, this is what I see you know, maybe you can make changes here and there. And then I was like, oh, okay, this guy's not just, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm ex-military and been in and out of jail before, right? You know, I, I was used to like getting yelled at, like and it would shut me down, right? Yeah. So kind of that's, you know, and that's exactly what I've learned in, in my process, right? As a counselor is to what you just said is like, okay, I got to take this deeper. Like me getting in their face is not working right now, right? 
So what do I got to use? Right. Or me loving on them so much. They're just looking at me like, what does this guy want? You know what I mean? Like, so you find that medium, right? Okay. So they need a combination of this. They need a combination of in their face, right? Kick them in the butt when they need it. And, um, which I think has helped me not only work with the clients that I serve, right. But like my family members with, with people that I run and come in contact with outside of work, you know, staff members, uh, that's the first time I've heard this on, on my podcast. Right. Cause I think you just nailed it. Right. It's, it's, it's just deeper than just treating people with respect because you want respect. Right. So thanks for sharing that. That, that was freaking awesome. Um, yeah. Share a little bit more like uh, of before we get into the next part of this, uh, I want you to share like, if you want to like besides like see because i want people to understand from all walks of life like you just said everybody's got their traumas whether it's or addictions whether it's you know uh physical emotional abuse or addiction whether it's drugs alcohol uh gambling uh sex food you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i believe we're, we're all one human race right and we all are god put us on my belief is this God put us on earth to, to help each other. Right. And to grow. And like I said earlier, unfortunately, we don't see that very often right now because you got this over here, you got these people over here, right. Are Mm -hmm. we right for believing the way we believe? And so I want you to tell the audience, like, what is the biggest challenge? I like, I don't like to call my struggles struggles. I, I like to call them challenges because we get through them. And if we're paying attention, there's a lesson we need to learn. Correct. And, and then that helps us grow into a being a better human being. So share with the audience uh, one last challenge that was probably in your life, in your head, in your heart was the biggest challenge you had to overcome besides the not sharing with people what you were doing for three months. Yeah. So I would say that it's kind of sourced from that. But what it has evolved into, one of the probably the biggest one was learning how to become one with like a chip on my shoulder, to be very honest. So I think you can relate a lot to this, right? Because just so you know, I share a lot of your beliefs of even what you just said. And what I can definitely say is, right, I kind of look at it like, like a second take at something. So with me, I absolutely, for whatever reason, grew up and have definitely developed the chip on my shoulder, right? Like (laughs) everything for a certain point, I wanted to prove everybody wrong, X, Y, and Z, right? We all know it. But there comes a certain level where you realize that that's more of a vulnerability than anything. So what you actually kind of fall into the trap of is you start seeing all of those negative effects of because now you think everybody's against you which again like to your point if we're all here to kind of help each other then that ship on your shoulder is just battling that you know true essence of what we all believe in right or at least you know you choose to believe so with me i kind of look at it as like a second take kind of thing to your point so if i have developed a chip on my shoulder which i can just and again i can just emphasize it's definitely the biggest challenge that i've faced with is I start realizing, okay, if I keep putting myself or am put in positions in my life and business where that chip on my shoulder is taking the step in front of me and I'm not able to kind of use my own emotional intelligence and my own wherewithal to you know, act, but my chip on my shoulder is doing it for me, well, I'm going to get a second take at that and a third and fourth and a fifth until I end up evolving and getting it right, right? So I really believe that there's a certain level of attraction. You know, there's a lot of you know, woo-woo stuff that comes into that. I think there's some real practicality to it in the sense that you keep going through this cycles. And that's what we call these patterns and cycles and, and traumas that keep coming up. And we're like, why are they still here? Why do they, why does it keep happening? 
right? Well, you can look at it that way, or you can look at it, look at it in a way that I tend to, which is like, this is your second shot. This is your third shot. This is your 26th shot of trying to do something different to evolve past that and kind of become one with whatever that is that's causing it. Right. The way I tend to do this now, and I think this can speak a lot to your audience too, is when you look at you know a pattern that is evolving and not revolving, revolving in your life that keeps coming back around. Well, instead of blaming or judging the pattern itself, it could go a different way. I tend to do this. I tend to bring some radical contextual understanding to the reasons of which the patterns are there. I know that's a little like crazy, but what I mean is if I'm looking at something that keeps coming around, let me change the reason that it's coming. And all of a sudden I start, you know, balance everything out of why it's good. So I'll give you an example. So if like, I don't struggle with this personally, I know a few people that do, but you know, people who like drink a lot, right? right. And they have this, so it keeps happening. And even every time they try to quit or every time they try to take it easy, go right back down. Well, instead of looking at it as, you know, I hate myself for doing this and I hate that this keeps happening to me, I would tend, and again, I can only appreciate what they've gone through because I haven't, but what I can definitely say is I do this in other areas too, where I will look at the reasons as to why it keeps happening and put radical genuity behind it. Being like, this is happening for me, not because of X. That changes the whole cycle of things though, because now you're looking at it through a level of oneness and you're like, this is not hurting me. This is for me. Right. Which I think changes the entire game. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, and that's what AA is about. Kind of like when you work the 12 steps, it's okay. Oh, let's take a look at why this happened. Right. And let's change that narrative to let's make life happen for us. You know, and, and this is where I'm grateful that I get to meet guys like you and other people like yourselves that are entrepreneurs. And right. Because it, entrepreneurship parallels my recovery. Right. So I agree 100%. If things are continually showing up in my life and I'm not learning that lesson, you could call it God. You could call it the law of attraction. You could call it the universe. You could call it all of whatever you want. It's going to keep showing up until one day I go, okay, well, I got, there's a lesson I need to learn here, right? Which my friend calls yeah. that uh, leaning into the suck, right? Because sometimes there's a lesson we need to learn. And sometimes there's a lesson within that lesson and we, we're not going to, change until we learn it right it's gonna like you said it's kind of like that revolving door right we might get stuck in it and we can't get out right so yeah. that was perfect yeah today was perfect because i was thinking along the same lines right so now because i used to be in that mindset right i mean you can imagine like i was homeless you know i'm just giving you an example and that that mindset is like why is everything happening to me and like poor me you know and i until i changed it now it's like now i'm glad life happens for me not to me Right. And I've been put on this earth to help people overcome whatever challenge they are, you know, by sharing your story, by bringing guests like you and, you know, and other things that I'm doing. But, you know, that that leads us into the questions I love to ask my uh, my guests. Right. There's two questions. I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness. Um, it's it's my journey from addiction to recovery. But it's in, in a sense, I wrote it to where, you know, everybody can understand the principles that I live by could help anybody. It doesn't, you don't have to be an addict or you don't have to be an alcoholic or whatever. It's to help people go, Hey, there's a way out. If I want to get out of this, whatever rut I'm in. Right. Um, so what does fearless mean to you? To me, I love the idea when I sit, when I think of myself of being fearless, I love the idea of indication. So when I become fearful of something, I love the idea of looking at that as an indicator to go deeper. So when I think of fearless, I think of ex like full acceptance of everything and being able to live your life through that path 
is a whole different story. But I do think my definition of it would be along those lines, because I really love what happens when you can accept and appreciate all and not pick and choose. I think that comes right back to like that egoic understanding of like separating right, and like the duality of everything. So it's tough, right? Right. That's that's perfect. That's awesome, right? That's kind of like falls in line to what like guys like Jocko Willenick and uh, David Goggins who wrote Can't Hurt Me, right? He's like, I love being, that guy's a little intense, right? He's on the, he's on that yeah. intense side, right? But I get what he means about getting comfortable being uncomfortable because like sure. what you just said and what he says, right? When we're uncomfortable and we push forward and we do the things that, like you said, may have gotten us scared, but we go, okay, there's a reason I need to go through this, right? So I'm going to do it anyway, right? That's where the growth happens. At least that's what I've realized, you know, as a 53 year old, finally, right? Like uh, I understand that when there's things happening in my life that make me really take a step back and go, wow, I don't really want to do this, but I got to do it anyway, right? I know I'm going to grow, right? And, And that's, you know, for me, it's God, the universe, whatever, have put people like in you in my life that I get to interview and share this with, and you share yours with me because that just shows me I'm not alone, right? Like, like uh, I have people out there that, in a sense, have my back because they're living their lives the same way. So, if, like, I could reach out, hey, Anthony, man, that was a great interview, man. Let me, I need to pick your brain. You'd probably go, okay, cool. Let me, you know, let me help you out here. You know what I mean? And that's how. Sure. I, to me, that's what makes the world go round, right? Is one person helping another. Um, so that was awesome. You know, thank you for that definition. Um, and then the second part of my, you know, title, happiness, I put a Y in it, right? And I still get, you know, this to this day, you spelt it wrong. I go, I did that for <laughs> yeah. a reason. You know, I did it for a reason. So no, I put the Y in there, right? What, is, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life today? Yeah. So I view happiness almost through a perspective of freedom, right? So when I think of what makes me happiest, personally speaking, I'm a guy that really, really enjoys being able to provide, be able to pour from a full cup, right? Like that brings me a level of fulfillment that very few other things do. So when I think of, you know, what makes me happiest, I genuinely, and I've thought about this, so I'm glad you asked. I really look at it through being able to do what I feel I need to do at the right time to whatever that means. So to become fulfilled. And usually what that means for me is being able to provide something to another person and to help another person in X, Y, and Z reason. And a lot of times that differs in the approach, right? It could be through this, right? This could help four people that for all we know that might change their lives. So this is a beautiful catalyst for that. And I really feel happiness is to me, it changes for everybody. It's different a little bit, but I really, really believe to me, it comes a lot down to provide, you know, being able to provide and know that all of the development that I focus on for me actually affects everybody else indirectly in ways that matters to them. Right. That's what I love about doing what I'm doing right now with this podcast, right? Because everybody I've interviewed so far, that's like, if I could tell you there's a main thing that they tell me when it comes to happiness, it's what you just said, right? Helping others, right? Or in something that I do is going to help somebody else, you know, move their life forward. So that was perfect um 
And that's what we do, right? At least that's what I do. And I have two arenas to do that now. I still do that in my recovery, right? Some some newcomer comes and says, hey, Max, I need your help. How'd you do that for 18 years? And I take them on my wing, say, here, this is how I did it, right? And then I got people in the entrepreneur world that are doing that with me, right? And, and showing me. And it's just like, wow, uh, this is pretty cool stuff that I'm getting connected with all these amazing people like yourself. So um, thank you for that. So tell yeah, the Max, audience. Actually, go ahead. Yeah, let me. I'd love to just talk about one thing. It just came up in my mind. Go so for it. The, one of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier that actually just inspired me to think of this um, around empathy and, and the next level of that golden rule, right? Looking at what other, another person needs, maybe it's different from what you need and how it works for you. So um, one of the ways, I, and this is pretty, it's in a great analogy. And I think this can help a lot of people, which is why I want to bring it up quick. So when we look at patterns and things, right? Something that one person can see that is happening to another sometimes can be as plain as, as you know, the blue sky, right? Like we can right. see it in another person so easily, but that, to that person it's invisible and impossible. Right. Um, you see that a lot with addictions, right? Right, right? But you look at like, well, a lot of times that person who can see it so easily can think to themselves, why are they like, why is it not easy for them? Why can they not see the, you know, battles and the thing they're, they're basically setting their life on fire right in front of them. Like, why is it not changing and they try to do everything they possibly can to do that for them, but it just doesn't equate. Right. So I have this analogy that I think speaks perfectly to this. And I think it can make a lot of sense for people who struggle with that exact idea of maybe being around people who they see something that they might want to change another person, or at least help them change for themselves, obviously. Um, but that for that person might be very difficult. So the analogy goes a little something like this. So when you look at someone, and I'm going to refer back to that example where I said, basically, it's like someone's setting like a, a part of their life on fire. Like, why, why does it keep happening over and over and over and over again, right? right? If we look at that through the analogy of it's like setting that part of their life on fire right in front of them, like they're doing it on purpose. Well, if this is where it's really key, so I'm excited to say this. If we look at what fire really is, just in plain, simple, it's a purifying element. Yep. Right. I Think agree. about cooking, you know, right. it, it's, it purifies. You look at what a person's doing when they're, I, you know, quote unquote, putting their life on fire in a certain spot, they're subconsciously attempting to purify that version of their life. Right. It's their attempt of helping their own selves through their souls, through their minds, whatever. They're literally trying in real life to help themselves, but it's coming through the lens of that. So as people who are around us that see it a little bit clearer and a little bit differently, that could give you such a level of self-compassion and empathy towards people who are doing that because you can accept that for what they're, they're actually trying to help themselves. Right. So think of the level of you, compassion that you can actually meet another person with when you look at it like that, instead of the normal everyday life of things saying, why do you keep doing that? Like, stop, like, you know what you're doing, right? It's not working. Right. No, Think I get about, it. It's a, crazy. That's a fist bump moment right there, bro. Thank you, man. <laughs> that's awesome. I get it. Right. Like you and I are in, in a position, like I think in this entrepreneur, jur, entrepreneurial journey is that we, we get to do that with our clients, right? We get to see those moments instead of, like you said, coming at it the normal way, or at least that we were taught, right? Like, whoa, what are you doing, bro? That's not cool. You need to change that. Like, and they're looking at you like, what am I? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I love that. And I think the audience is going to get a lot out of that. So that's awesome. So 
before we part here, I want you to tell the audience, like if they want to work with you, find you, where can they find you? Yeah. So Instagram would be the best place. I'm extremely active on there. Uh, my at is Anthony Sabatino, ASPF, all one word, just that. Um, you can also check out my website at www.aspfsolutions.com. That has basically everything that I do, my entire backstory, all my services, um, all in one spot, really laid out well. Um, you can also, my big thing that I always love saying um, to people if they're just learning about me, if you look at my YouTube, um, my YouTube channel is just Anthony Sabatino, my, my name. What's really interesting about that is I am a big, big believer when it's in terms of helping individuals as well as businesses of being full access, not holding things back from the public. You know, free information should be free for a reason. Right. I, I think there's access to so much out there now with the internet that there's no reason to hold anything back. So I right. go very full access with my content. Um, on YouTube specifically, though, the reason I bring it up is because I started a vlog. I'm here in New York City. So I started a vlog basically of what it's like running a business in New York City. And we talk about all different things, you know, branding, marketing, sales, delegation. I even have a full blog. It's about 18 minutes long about how exactly I run my company. I would love for people to watch that. It really, really, it's by far the best version of content that I have out there. It helps so many businesses. Um, but yeah, so if you want to just, you know, obviously DM me on Instagram, Anthony Sabatino SPF, that would be the best spot. Or you can always just send me an email at Anthony at ASPFSolutions.com. Awesome. Awesome. You hear that folks? Be open. <laughs> Let full access, right? That's what I've always been taught. Like when I, cause you know, when I first got sober, I didn't want nobody to know anything about me. I was scared. Like you would really find yeah. out who I was. Right. So I get that. So I, I appreciate you doing that and, and putting it out there. Um, any last thoughts for our audience? Um, I, you know, we haven't talked about it, but I would, I would say it, it comes at the next level. Like I said, it always comes a little bit deeper. If you can start with empathy, I think the next level, what it allows you to do is then compassion for people, but then even more so start utilizing a little bit more gratitude for everything as well. And I know a lot of people push that. So I'm not trying to be some innovator with that. Right. I, I want to just give it through this catalyst of communication right here today because we're talking about it. Gratitude is easily the best catalyst for more good to happen for you because it just, it translates everything that life happens for you, not against you. So give more gratitude to everything all the bad things, all those patterns that keep coming up, all those traumas, be grateful for them because they're happening for a reason, whether you want to look at it like that or not. You can also just look at it. It's going to keep happening until you learn from. It. So I would yeah. just be grateful for it. I would say that's the best thing I can say. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. That's how I, I live. I, you know, I'm grateful. I've been through some struggles, even in my recovery, like uh, some that I wouldn't even wish on my worst enemy. You know what I mean? But I, I'm grateful that I got to go through it. Right. I'm grateful that um, I had the power of choice at those moments to choose gratitude instead of the poor me or like disappearing on family members because I don't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're right. And, and that's the common thread through all my guests. You know, at the end, they always say, if you can stay grateful for the things you have, the things you've gone through, the struggles, the good times, bad times, it's hard to be negative in this world. Right. And, and good things will start to happen. And that's what I teach my clients. From day one, day one in detox, what are you grateful for? And they just look at me like, man, I really, you see how I'm feeling right now, right? But I, I try to instill that early on. So by the time they get ready to do really program and, and start changing, I've planted that seed. So, well, I appreciate I would, you coming. I would also say this, just to, oh, I want to give value to your audience in a way that maybe they haven't heard before. So yeah. a lot of people always heard of gratitude. Let's go a different route really quick. 
we can look at everything that you're facing. You can also look at that through a lens of creativity. So one of the things that I always right. think about is when anger is coming up or when an emotion is coming up that you don't like, it can always be redirected to your creativity. So if you run a business, you know, if you're doing things for yourself and you're just something keeps coming to the surface, focus on how you can creatively incorporate that in your life. So even if that means writing a letter that you never send to anybody, if it means typing out a thing in your notes on your iPhone and never save it, if it means doing anything, like, like just get it out of you, it frees right. up the bandwidth of your brain. And allows more good to come in. That I, I'm, that's a little different. Not a lot of people say that. I would love for people here to look at it through a lens of creativity, right? It could be painting something. It could be you know drawing something on a, on a notebook. Get it out of you, or even just talking to yourself. Sometimes people do that, right? Just go for a walk and talk. Like a lot of these things is about just getting it out of you to free up more space. Yep, I couldn't agree more. That's you hear that audience? See all these golden nuggets you're getting today? Uh, they work, right? They work. And I know I got a whole uh, like journal of things that I talk to myself in the mirror about to change that stuff up when I feel like anger or frustration. Right. And I couldn't agree more. So, you know, I really appreciate coming on and being a guest. You, I think you shared some very important stuff with the audience that they will get something out of. Um, you, you let them know where they can reach you. Um, I appreciate you, uh, Anthony, for coming on. I think, I think you're going to go far, right? I think people like yourself who, who teach people ways of looking at how to handle situations differently, like you said, not only, okay, gratitude, uh, empathy, like you named all this stuff, right? And instead, and creativity, which is something new I haven't heard on my podcast yet. So I appreciate you, my friend. Um, um, yeah, and if there's any way I can support you, you know that I will. So I appreciate you being a guest. Um, Thanks for the fly, uh, the final thoughts. Everybody pay attention to what Anthony said. There was some golden nuggets in there today. So um, until next time, I'll see everybody later and we'll catch you on the upside. Thank you.